the one, biggest one, I guess, is just trying to find myself, um, who I am as a teacher, what my philosophies are, where I fit into the school, um, how and I fit into the department, both the health side and the PD side, who I am in my class, who I am in front of the kids, whether I'm the same with the seniors and the juniors, like pretty much just who I am. You're listening to the NZPE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing health and physical education teachers. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform by New Zealand PE teachers for New Zealand PE teachers and their students. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. Kia ora everyone and welcome to the final episode of 2016. I really want to thank you all for listening and the feedback that you've sent through over the last three months. I particularly want to thank all those educators who gave up their time to sit down with me and just talk shop. Today I'm very lucky to be talking to a teacher who's quite new to the profession. She's a health and PE teacher who is very reflective, has spent a considerable amount of time seeking to learn and develop her own practice and in less than a year is already considered a role model for those of us trying to be more innovative with our students. Um, so Georgia, welcome to the podcast. Good evening, very excited to be here. Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience, or your short, brief year stint as a teacher, and a few tidbits about your school and the students you teach? Okay, um, yeah, so I just graduated at the start of this year, so I did my four years at Auckland, and um, I started, I was very fortunate to get a job straight out at uh, Tamaki College, uh, which is based in East Auckland. Um, we're a DSL 1 secondary school, year 9 to 13, uh, with mostly uh, Pacifica and Māori students. Um, and yeah, so I've had a bit, of a, a bit of a different year. I started actually with health and then I moved into social studies, so I've had a bit of social studies as well. Um, junior PE and senior PE, mostly senior PE. Um, yeah, and then we've actually started this term after the seniors left, we've started a jumpstart program, so we've actually already gone into our 2017 program, um, and I've got mostly junior health and leading year 10 health, year 9 health, and um, year 11 PE, so yeah. Jumpstart program, um, what's that, tell me a bit more. Okay, so uh, last year was the first year that school did it. Uh, the reason for it was in hope to better prepare the current year teens going to year 11. So um, for the last four or five weeks of school, um, our current year teens are actually in their year 11 program to try and get credits in each of their subjects before going to the summer break to give them a bit of a jump start or kick start in their credits before they get into level one. That's so, really interesting. I've, I've heard... See, I've heard of schools who might offer a standard in each subject across the year, but to, um, to have them jumpstart their senior years, that, that's, that's really interesting. Do the kids enjoy it? Yeah, and um, apparently this year, 2017, uh, sorry, 2016, um, year 11s are the most successful they've had in a long time. Um, which they think is related to this jumpstart last year. And the kids 
respond real well. Like the year tens have, you, I forget that the year tens now because they're acting like they're seniors, and they think that um, as a whole the kind of behaviour, the end of year behaviour hasn't been as bad as it has been in the past in terms of you know getting a bit tired and yeah. and, and uh, that sort of thing. So no, they they responded really well. It's been hard on us teachers trying to find that extra gear at the end of the year, but I think it's real worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're the the um, the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I guess for you guys, you miss out on that non-contact time that most of us look forward to at the yeah. end of the year because you transition into that learning. Yeah, that's exactly right, and I I am so exhausted because I am having to do you know all the name games, introductory activities, getting to know your kids, building the relationships, as well as trying to get in a whole standard within four weeks. And so it's pretty intense, but I do think in the long run it'll be worth it. And then at the start of next year, when everyone's going through that process, I can just get straight into content. So, yeah, there are pros and cons for sure. Yeah. And and Tamaki College, Desol 1, was the yeah. that factor into any of your decision-making when you were applying for jobs? So that's a, that's a big task to take on for a, for a new grad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. So I, um, throughout my practicums at uni, I had a nine, a nine, a six, and a three. And the three I enjoyed the most by a long shot, and I think it was kind of the clientele of the kids. Um, but also with the kind of um, role or program that I've been accepted into, it was only in decile one schools. Um, and Tamaki was the only secondary school part of my uh, kind of different digital program I'm part of, um, but yeah, I definitely wanted a lower decile. I think just for different challenges and yeah, as I said, just different. Because um, I, I grew up on, on the shore, and so I've I've never didn't grow up on the shore, but grew up in a mostly museum European Pakeha background. Um, so I was really excited to have an opportunity to to work with Pacifica youth because I didn't know much about their culture and background myself. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely something I factored in, but obviously as a first year, it's kind of just put your name out everywhere and yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I remember my sections, my teaching sections, and, and I had a similar spread to you, and I found that at those decile 10 schools, you could, you could click your fingers and they would do whatever you wanted them to do, but yeah. I find the relationships at, at the at the lower decile schools, there was, it just seemed to be... Um, more engagement and more, you could just get more back from them. Uh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with students being able to work really well, and that's that's really cool. But um, I, I liked some of the challenges and some of the relationships that I established in the, in the lower decile schools. They were really cool. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you say that. I actually got a message from my friend this afternoon, his first year as well, um, and she said. Hey, I'm real keen. Um, oh, she's she's thinking about coming to relieve at my school next year. Um, they've talked talked about coming to be a long term reliever because she just had a baby. But anyway, she said I've only had experience this year in a high self school where, like you say, I have no problems with behaviour management. Can you give me some tips on you know how to manage behaviour or how to work in the in a low self environment because I'm used to that you know just being able to stand there and everything's ready to go. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So. Why teaching? What what motivated you to enter the profession? Um, 
Okay, so until about fifth form or year 11, I wanted to be a lawyer, and I, 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 lo I love debating, and I still have it at the back of my mind, maybe in my next life, but it was in fifth form, um, I, I played in the girls rugby team, and I had an injury, and my coach, who was also my PE teacher, was just there every step of my way for my injury, and then for the rest of the year, she was the most supportive, passionate teacher um, I can remember in my whole teaching, uh, sorry, student life, and she was only my age, so she did the same thing as I did. She went school, uni, straight to teaching, and I found her so inspirational because she was probably the f one of very few teachers that I had throughout school that was incredibly passionate, and, and I could feel that she actually wanted to be there, and she made me feel like, you know, I was really important, and I said, I'd really like to be like you one day, and um, I've always had a real love for sport, and um, outdoors, and um, activity, and um, so I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe I go along that sort of pathway, sport, and then I didn't actually think about teaching until after I met her, and, and thought about it over the last couple of years of school, um, because I, you know, I was a coach as a senior, and that sort of thing, and I really enjoyed working with youth, and with the kids, um, was a nanny for a bit and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I just ended up loving working with kids, loving sports in the outdoors and that sort of thing. Um, so I was like, sweet, do PE teaching. And then uh, throughout uni, I actually developed a, a real love and passion for um, health education. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a mixture of, of both. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty common, eh, that I think you'll find for every teacher there's that one teacher that they had during school that really inspired them to take um, the jump into teaching. So that's that's cool that you can acknowledge that. And are you still, are you still in touch with her? Uh, yeah, yeah. She um, she is still oh, – so I went to – that was in Canterbury. She's still in Canterbury at the moment. She, oh, I was um, going to say, I, you sound like you, you've you got that twang. I was going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah my, my eyes. Um, yeah, so she's in Canterbury. I still talk to her every now and again. She's just gone on maternity leave um, with her first child. But, yeah, I still talk to her. So, yeah, it's quite cool. So um, first year of teaching, it's probably had its challenges, its ups and downs. What have been your three biggest challenges throughout this year? Okay. Um, so co-teaching. The biggest that you want to talk about. Okay, yeah, co-teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, balancing my well-being and finding my feet. So co-teaching, um, as part of my contract this year, I had to have um, a co-teacher. So in all of my classrooms, there was myself and an experienced teacher. Um, and so although obviously there are many um, benefits and rewards from that, I found it really challenging, difficult to plan with somebody else um, in terms of uh, trying to find time with them, um, agreeing with them when sometimes you you might not uh, agree with uh, something that they want to teach or a lesson that they've got planned or an activity. I had quite a few instances where I thought, oh my goodness, I would find this lesson incredibly boring myself, so how are the students going to feel? And I found it really hard to say that when, you know, these teachers have been teaching for 15 years um, and I'm only a baby, so who am I to step on their toes? So I found that that the co-teaching was was super super challenging um, when I was um, yeah just trying to find my own way. Um, I've, I've never I've never heard of 
co-teaching before? Is it part of your was it part of your placement or why why did you have a, a teacher in there the whole time? Okay, so that's related to my um, program with the Manaikalani with MDTA um, because because we're doing uni at the same time. Um, it gets quite full on, and they want to have someone else to support us if we ever need uh, okay. a day, basically. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I can definitely understand, and there are definitely lots of merits to it. Okay. Um, and we'll talk but, about that Manakalani shortly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, your, your other two. Uh, so just balancing my order and well-being. Um, yeah, I've had uni studies, a long-distance relationship. I've had digital professional development. I've been learning sign language. Um, all sorts, you know, trying to get myself to the gym, trying to fit in the ski trip here and there, trying to just, yeah, just trying to um, balance myself. And I, I think I have learned progressively throughout the year and I do need to um, schedule in time to see my family and to see my friends and, um, yeah, because that's, yeah, that's been probably my biggest challenge, trying to find that time when to switch off, especially with this digital world now. And I get kids messaging me in the middle of the night and emails at 1am and about meetings the next morning and all sorts of stuff. So it's just, yeah, trying to find that way to switch off. Mm -hmm. um, and then the final, the biggest one, I guess, is just trying to find myself, um, who I am as a teacher, what my philosophies are, where I fit into the school, um, how and I fit into the department, both the health side and the PE side, who I am in my class, who I am in front of the kids, whether I'm the same with the seniors and the juniors, like pretty much just who I am and, and yeah, and, and where to from here just so that I can be better for myself and better for the kids, um, the school, I guess, holistically. Um, yeah. That's cool, that's cool that you can you recognize all of that. Mm. I'm just thinking back to my first year. Like I, I had no idea. I, I had no idea what I was doing in front of the classroom for that whole first 12 months. It was just like so full on. Um, and you're then also balancing all of this other stuff as well, which is a lot more than most of us now and at any time in my career that I've had to deal with. So um, you, you're doing really well. And I like what you raised about um, that digital component component and access that students have to us now that we are just yeah. always there and I was having a chat with a, a colleague a couple of days ago and and I personally I like it I think it's good that we can be available and if you can manage it that's even better but there's still yeah. some teachers out there that think it's 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 not really kosher or it's not the way forward um, but I think right. we have to be um, I think it's the future that's the, that's the direction that education's going in yeah, um, and if we can be there for those students at any time then it will be better for them but you're right we've got to manage it and we can't be spending every waking moment catering for our students yeah and i think i learned like i, I reflected on this quite a bit before i kind of had my intros with my kids for this jumpstart program and i've said to them I'm like look you know yes i have my emails on me all the time and, and I can read and see what you send but at the end of the day I have a life as well so, right. so I was just trying to, yeah I, I think I need to be more upfront with that and not just with the kids but with my colleagues as well um, and I live quite far away I live over an hour away from school um, oh. whereas a lot of the others are quite local so you know I've said to them I can't respond every waking minute I need to I, I get home and you guys have been home for two hours, you know, like, times, you know, so, yeah. 
So con- contrasting to that, what your three biggest wins of your first year of teaching, what are your biggest successes this year, do you think? Well, I'm alive. That's my first <laughs> I'm still here. I'm at the end. Um, I had a real lovely comment today as I was leaving school, actually, um, from one of the teachers and said, oh, my goodness, you look so chipper. So I was like, oh, you know, still a smile on my face. I'm still alive. I've, I've, I've laid it down um, in one piece. I mean, I've had a couple of breakdowns, I'll be honest. I've had a couple of illnesses, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm here. Um, and I'm still um, eager and passionate and keen, so I guess that's one massive pro or positive. Um, oh, yeah, as I said earlier, I, as I grew up in a, um, mostly Pākehā uh, community, um, one thing that I have really, really enjoyed and loved and found it as a positive for me this year is just, um, I've become much more culturally aware and culturally sensitive, um, of, of, of other, I guess, other ethnicities, other, other cultures, um, yeah, because prior to being at Tamaki, I never really knew any Māori or Pacific people. So I thought I, I still think um, I'm I'm quite not necessarily naive anymore, but I probably was initially, and just because of um, being unaware, never really having that conversation or exposure to practices and traditions and languages and um, you know beliefs and yeah, so one massive pro for me this year and um, that I, I've loved is having that opportunity to be with Māori and Pacific youth and, and lots of Māori Pacific and Pacific colleagues as well to learn about their their culture and their lives because not just um, to help the kids but just for my own knowledge because, yep. yeah, then I can further it more. Like I want my biggest goal next year is to develop my um my culturally responsive pedagogy further. Um, yeah, so I can, I guess, be inclusive of more games and values and traditions and activities and things um, in health and PE. I, I guess the biggest one I'm um, trying to become more sensitive or aware of is um, kind of uh, cultures or traditions or kind of unwritten rules I suppose around um sexuality education and mm-hmm. and so one simple one that I, the kids told me about and I need to get more information is something like um uh, sisters and brothers or nephew uh, cannot be in the same room if there's something being shown or something yeah and it's just different in every Tonga Tongan um Samoan Nguyen etc so yeah that's that's probably my Biggest, biggest, biggest highlight, just that exposure to to um, to other cultures. Yeah, it sounds like Tamaki really is uh, is a multicultural school, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it provides a really good platform for you to embrace that and challenge yourself and step out of your comfort zone around that. Which I think you're really lucky to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I. I I must be honest, I did get a bit of a shock on my first day when I was told the, uh, the school was 2% Pālangi. Um, <laughs> right, that's okay, we can work with that. So, but it's good now, I, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't even matter if, no, to me. Like, no. and, the, and I don't know how to say this in a culturally sensitive way, but basically a student is a student, and to me, yes, they have their cultural beliefs and backgrounds, but it doesn't really, 
you know, matter if you're Palangi or if you're Pacifica or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah. But I probably um, couldn't put it into words either. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess my final big one is um, being asked to lead ju- um, junior health next year. Um, yeah, I didn't see that when I was, so when I was employed, um, I was solely employed as a PE teacher and then I actually got social studies attached on, um, but health is growing in our school. So next year is the first year we're going to have level three, um, and we're, we're growing the, the junior, um, junior health immensely. So they've asked me to, I'm in charge of all of year 10 and pretty much all of year nine health as well. So um, yeah, I'm super excited to be able to develop all the new units and even though it's going to be a massive job, but um, yeah, real excited about that. Yeah, that's great that you've been given that, I guess, the, the lead on that, that leadership role because it's, you know, that um, some really formative years for our students and there's a lot of content that is really, um, really tough to teach. Mm. Uh, at year at year ten in particular, mm. so um, it's good that you're you're stepping up to that, and um, I'm sure um, you'll do an awesome job. Mm, I hope so, because yeah, as you said, they're quite important, like life lessons almost. If mm. you could, um, if you give one piece of advice to an incoming PRT one for 2017, what what would that be? Just one one bit of advice. Um, find someone very quickly who's going to be supportive of you um, because you definitely need it, whether that's just helping um, with a lesson plan or whether that's helping you because you're stressed to the max, um, collecting evidence for your registration, someone just to tell you that you're going to be okay. Um, I think if I didn't have, like, I can think of at least three people, but there was one person that I had knew I could always go to for absolutely anything and if I didn't have that I don't know whether I would have made it through this year so they're like so. Your, your critical friend right pretty much yeah pretty much but not not just in a, at a professional level but also like a I have this mm-hmm. stuff going on in my life right now I can't even deal you know like someone that you can be honest with mm-hmm. about lots of things not just school stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah no that, that's definitely important um I I was reading, I've been reading a book called Ego is the Enemy or listening to the audible version of it and um, they mention a guy called Shamrock who's an MMA um, trainer now so he trains MMA fighters and he has this approach to his training and it's kind of relevant because of this whole critical friend thing that we talk about but um, I had to an extent always done this but this was the first time I had heard it kind of explicitly explained or verbalized and it's this strategy called equals minus and plus and what it is was what he does with his athletes and it transfers straight into education or any anywhere um, that you need to be reflective or um, I guess have support from people but they have an equal so you should always have an equal somebody that you see as an equal to you or is a similar skill level and that is about being able to um, reflect and be in touch with um, somebody on a regular basis they can be a critical friend and you can challenge yourself against them you know you can kind of compete but also they're there for your support and then you should always have a plus, and the plus is somebody or somewhere where you aspire to be, someone that you can look up to and, and learn from them and have knowledge from them and um, really work to be at their level. 
And then you should also have a minus, and a minus is somebody who um, is maybe not as experienced as you or is younger than you and is up and coming. And that's really important because, you know, we we learn much better when we are able to teach our ways or things to other people. But not only that, that it's that whole tuakana tena, that it's reciprocal and that when somebody is um, incoming to our profession, they bring a whole lot of strengths and knowledge that we don't know and, and allows for us to exchange um, ideas and, and approaches like that. And I thought that was a really cool way to just explain how important it is to have those relationships and those critical friends and not just people that are equal to you, but also embracing people that might not be as experienced as you or are much higher or more experienced than you that you'd like to be there. I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I, I guess for me at the bottom of the food chain, it's difficult to find that minus. But I, um, when we had student teachers in this year, I asked them to come watch me. And, you know, even though I'm only a year out, I wanted to make sure that I'm still aligning with all the values and um, mm. expectations and stuff. But yeah, definitely something. I like that. I'm gonna, I might teach the kids about that. You're um, <laughs> you're super active on Twitter, and you also blog regularly what's the what's the attraction for you to engage with these platforms is it just professional learning is it about networking and how do you think we can get more teachers engaging with these platforms okay well the blogging i actually um had to it's included in my employment um i have to blog once a week um but so initially it was just i have to do it as part of my digital um stuff which we'll talk about later um but I actually now do it because I really enjoy reflecting on what I do and it's also a means of rewindable learning so if I ever go oh my goodness I want I need to have a lesson on levers I can click on one of my levers um labels and just go straight up and it brings up what I did this year on that topic um so yeah that that's one of the main reasons why I do it just just some rewindable learning um and I like to reflect a lot on what I did and, and whether it was useful, for, like good for that class or, and yeah, so just lesson plans. That's a major thing for the blogging. Um, and then obviously I, I'm quite a visible, visible teacher. So I, I love to share my stuff because I hope if I'm ever stuck, I can do a Google or a blogger search or a Twitter search or something if, if I need help with something, um, because I'm more than happy to share my practice, um, and, and what I get up to, um, yeah. Um, with the Twitter, I I was quite resistant to it for quite a while, to be honest, um, because I have quite a, like an addictive personality. So I was afraid I would get addicted to it if I joined up. And fortunately, I think I have become addicted. Uh, I think it's a positive. It's only been sucked in. Yeah, I've been sucked in. Um, and that was because it was part of my course. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, so I was asked to join up right uh, not long after you suggested I did and a couple of my other friends suggested I did. Um, and then, yeah, so now I use it. I love the chats. Um, I, I'm so reflective of my own um, teaching and learning um, and through through the chats, and I learn so much because of the collaboration between people, and I get to net, network with people not in, not just around Auckland, but around New Zealand and globally. And um, then I can find what things are people like. I quite like as well what following people that are um, primary based to see 
you know, kind of what they're doing and, and where to lead on from there. Um, yeah, and I, I guess the reality moving away from that is, like, the more you put, like, I don't know whether it's true or not, obviously I'm still a baby in the field, but I guess the more I put myself out there, the better. Like, the, I hope that one day, like, my Twitter and my blog will just become my CV and I, I don't need to sell myself that people know who I am, that, you know, in five, ten years that my name is known um, because of, of having things readily available, visible learning. Um, yeah, because it just shows potential colleagues and educators and employers what I do and what I'm passionate about and and that sort of thing. So, so yeah. Um, and when then you, I when you have that when you have that exposure and you are visible, it you start becoming a bit of an authority and and that that's really important for your I guess your future and your career that you're seen to be somebody that is putting yourself out there and mm. challenging others and challenging yourself and being reflective I think that's really yeah. important and that's that's definitely what one of the reasons that I I try to be active on social media just for you can learn from other people but yeah. also um, you put yourself out there and you can challenge your own thoughts and beliefs around things yeah I do um, it is quite not not scary I guess but you know there's always that fear that there's someone judging or or whatever, but well, you're I, exposing yourself and and teaching yeah. is a it's a very well, I think it's quite a personal thing. Um, yeah. And you all of a sudden putting yourself out there, it is really scary. Yeah, yeah. So um, once I kind of got over that hurdle and just realised, well, criticism can be positive if it's if it's uh, twisted in the right way. Um, yeah, and, and like if I didn't have my blog and I didn't blog about pens, then you wouldn't have found me and I wouldn't have started interacting with you and I wouldn't be chatting with you right now. <laughs> um, so I guess that's that's one of the biggest things um, that why I, I am and I do and I will continue um, to, to, to encourage others to join um, blogging and Twitter um, is because you are building up that developing that kind of digital portfolio of yourself and your your yeah. own sort of um, CV and, and, you know, you never know like this. You never know what sort of opportunities yeah. um, could arise. So yeah. I want to um, challenge you a little bit. I've, yeah. I, I've, I haven't been in too many Twitter chats. Yeah. And some of them that I've been in have been really valuable and others not so much. But I yeah. find that... Well, I mean, it's so prohibitive, 140 characters. It seems that it's just yeah. a little bit tokenistic and it's just sharing yeah. all these successes. How can you be truly mm. reflective in 140 characters? How can you truly dig deep and, and unpack stuff in 140 characters? What What would you say to that? I guess you're learning how to be succinct. Um, all through uni, my undergrad and this year, I've always been told, you know, you, less is more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought about this quite a lot as well, and I've read some of the tweets that aren't even 140, that are only 40, and I've thought, well, I don't even understand what you're saying because you've said so little, and have you actually really thought about it? But I know when I, particularly in chats, if I'm if I'm tweeting, I actually sit there for three or four minutes and reread over it and over it again um, before I actually send it because of that exact reason. Like if you're yeah, yeah, I don't know actually. It's it's just writing succinctly in a way that yeah. is reflective of what you're trying to actually say. No, that's that's a good answer. Yeah. Um, you've 
you've started a, a Twitter chat anyway for beginning teachers, which is really cool. So tell us why you started that and I guess what, what your goals are, what you hope to achieve with that. Um, I guess because of because of the first year vibe, everything's just so crazy. We're so rushed off our feet trying to find ourselves, not knowing what's going on basically um, half the time. You know, there's a never-ending to-do list. I mean, that's that's for everyone. Everyone has never-ending to-do list. But I don't know about other first years, but I always feel like I'm a million miles behind everyone else. And I always feel like I'm running around like a headless chicken um, because I've never taught this class before. I don't know how to manage this behavior. I've just had this happen and I don't know what to do. Um, you know, random things like, oh, exams, first time exams, like how do I prep kids? How do I get kids that are, you know, the tail end of the top end? Um, and I guess because of that, um, I thought that having other people, because I find chats so, um, what's the word? Engaging or inspirational or reflective or, yeah, I think because of that, I thought, well, if there's a, a platform or a forum or somewhere where you can have the same sort of reflective questions or engagement, it would be good if you could have it with people that are of alike minds and um, similar points of their lives. Because sometimes in the chat, some of the things that are asked, I can't answer because I don't feel like I have enough experience or um, I can't really engage in a conversation because yeah their knowledge is far further forward than mine um and I think it would be good for BTs to yeah just to have that place to to discuss the highlights of the challenges they're facing because at the end of the day we always have that critical friend that we talked about before and we always have that mentor or or that appraiser person or that someone we can go to if we need help but they have 600,000 things to do as well so um, and for some of them, they might have been teaching for 15, 20, 30 years, and they can't remember what it's like to be that baby and, and the 600,000 things that's going through our minds that they, they take for granted because, you know, it's kind of second nature to them. Um, yeah, so I, I had the idea of, of, well, why don't we have a BT chat? And I, can't, I was thankful um um, Mallory, Mallory Bush, she said, yep, she's keen too. So she was actually the one that kind of got it going um, with my jump start. I've just been too crazy and she helped me. And we had so many things that we thought that we needed to talk about. And we talk about because we're both BTs, but always, you know, feel quite limited because there's only two of us. So, yeah, and then obviously just meeting other people. I'm real keen to meet other first years and I've already met a couple um, in my boat, I guess. Yeah. So that uh, every is it every Tuesday night you're doing that? Uh, fortnightly Tuesdays. Fortnightly Tuesdays, and just yeah. during term time or yeah, every? Yeah, just just during term time. So we had our first one two weeks ago, um, and our second one this week. So this week, yeah. so it would have would have been the night before this launch. Yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Um, that, I mean, that's really cool, and that just shows that's more of that putting yourself out there and um, being a little bit of an authority and, and encouraging other people to get on board and embrace the platform. Because Twitter, I think, I think is Twitter's fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. I've gained so much from Twitter, mm -hmm. um, and I think lots of people are missing out by not being a part of it. Um, and I like what you said about the Twitter chats too, being able to say something succinctly and 
to the point and you know maybe we don't necessarily need pages and pages of content to be able to um, contribute towards ideas and approaches you've also been and we've touched on this a couple of times the Manakalani Digital Teachers Academy this year Um, I've I've tried to find out a little bit more about it and I've followed some of your progress on your blog um, but can you tell us more about how that works and how it's guided your teaching throughout the year okay so it's I would say, I was going to say a little bit different, but it's very different. Um, it's a two-year program for first-year teachers, so BTs, first and second-year teachers. Um, when you join up, you have to be first year. Uh, it's for people that are interested in working in one-to-one um, digital learning environments um, in the East Auckland area um, in the Manaikalani cluster. Um, majority of this, the, uh, the schools are primary. It's only Tamaki College in the cluster who, is, who are a secondary school. Um, and basically the program is, yeah, just for to support you in the – how do I put this? Support you as a new teacher to support your students in a digital world. So once a week, this entire year, every Friday, I haven't been at school, and um, we learn about something new, um, such as, uh, we also we started with the basic um, Google Apps for Education stuff, like docs and sheets and um, forms and that sort of thing, and then we moved into other more complex stuff, like HTML coding um, and Ignite Talks and all sorts of stuff. Um, so it's about developing us as a digital teacher and developing us to be a digital teacher, if that makes sense. Um, just gaining confidence, basically. Um, yeah, and, and just developing that proficiency um, and, and tools to utilise in the classroom, like movie making or yeah, coding or lots of things. Um, so because we have those Fridays off, we actually do all of our hours. We, instead of having across the five days, we smash it all into four days so that we can still meet um, our registration. Um, and then on top of that, uh, we do um, an honours degree. Um, so uh, usually an honours would be if you do it full-time one year, but we do it two years. So this year's all been papers, um, and then next year um, uh, we write a dissertation. Um, so I think that that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, oh, and then the co-teaching side of it, and that's because of this huge workload of having to do everything in four days instead of five and having these tasks that we have to do every Friday um, and uh, having all the university lectures and assignments. So we had um, all the holidays, we had block courses. Um, I have summer school for a week in January full time. Um, Yeah, so it's it's pretty full on, but I I think I've learned a considerable amount about about time management and and prioritising tasks as well as developing the confidence with the the technology and the tools to use as a teacher and as a learner. You're you're absolutely crazy. I have no idea how you manage it. That sounds sounds far too full on. I don't know how you do it. That that can't be good for you. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have said that, um, and I'm petrified in, in all honesty about next year. I don't know how on earth I'm supposed to carry out a dissertation, uh, the research and the writing, and to, on top of full time teaching. Um, but so, this is these are this is your two years to to learn and and yeah. make use of the non context, and I, I just don't I don't know how you do it. <laughs> 
that that sounds it just sounds too hard for me. I mean, big ups to you because that's. I mean, <laughs> you you've um yeah you must be really really strong with your time management and you must be just really clued on on you must be just so clued on to what's going on and your teaching and you, and everything because that's um I, that's insane I don't know how a PRT one can manage that well done. Thanks. <laughs> um, I, I just still can't believe that. That's insane. <laughs> wow. wow. Well, if it um, makes you feel better, I, we're the second cohort. So the first cohort, don't worry, they all survived. So, <laughs> so 2017, um, what does it have in store for Georgia? What do you want to achieve? What are your teaching goals, if you have any, for next year yet? Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing is obviously the, this um, junior health, uh, making a strong junior health um, a curriculum. Um, it's definitely been um, a weak point of the department or in the school um, in the past. Um, so I'm really, really excited to, to be um, in the development of that. Um, I also have um, full pastoral care role as a tutor teacher, and I'm so, so, so excited about that. I love, uh, obviously, because of this Jumpstart program, I've, I've, I've started this tutor teacher role, and I've really enjoyed being a teacher in a different light, not just a content um, development um, and just being with the kids as a supporter. Um, uh, yeah, I am bringing water safety into the school um, next year, uh, which they've never had, they've never really had an aquatics unit before. Um, and I, I think, oh my goodness, I was blown away when I heard that. So I think that water safety is incredibly in, Oh, it's just, it's invaluable. It, it's, it's literally could be life-saving, um, yeah. particularly in New Zealand with our coastal playground. And and the, the kids that I have in front of me are the kids that are at risk, most at risk in our country. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm super, super excited for that. Um, but I guess, yeah, my two big goals I, I touched on earlier was my cultural um, pedagogy and sounds really silly but just putting my kids first because of this dissertation and having to do everything um i've told myself i i would rather risk um my grades getting um you know having a derived grade or a lesser grade than i would hope for if it means that my kids get everything um so yeah my goal is to make sure that i give the kids all that i can i never be selfish and put my studies before them because the reality is, this is this is their future more than it's mine. So, so yeah, that's that's my my biggest thing, and just continuing to build on my time management, reducing procrastination. Um, yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you've got your um, I think you've got your priorities in the right place. Um, and it sounds like you know you've really put the students first, and you're going to continue doing that. And that's that's awesome because you um, you do have a big workload ahead of you. Um, and it's really cool that you you're developing the health. I mean, health never has parity with PE, no matter where you are. It always seems that it's kind of just not given the value and the importance. And it's probably more important than the physical education, to be yeah. honest, the PE side of things. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I wish you luck in all of that. And I think those other goals are, are, are good things to work towards. Um, so so good luck. We, we're we on to the final question. Um, we've been going quite a while, which is, which is awesome. 
you're a pretty keen skier or do you, do you board? Are you ski or board? I skier, yep, skier. Best, uh, best ski field you've been to? Um, well, you have to ask me again next year. <laughs> um, after I come back, I'm going to Japan for three weeks over Christmas, so you have to ask me again. Um, uh, I don't know. In New Zealand, I really love the Remarkables in Queenstown, yeah. um, but otherwise, Whistler in Canberra can't really go past that. It was incredible. Some of the runs are kilometres and kilometres and kilometres, so, yeah, incredibly beautiful going through the, the uh, trees and stacks and stacks of snow. So, so yeah, I purchased my first set of skis last week, and I'm off to Japan next week, so ask me nice. again for <laughs> do you think it'll um like I've been to Whistler and it's it's phenomenal. Do you think uh, I I don't know much about Japan ski fields, but are they are you expecting that they're going to be better? Um, in different ways, the snow I think will be better. Um, but the fields maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect to be honest. Um, I know that they'll both be phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Well, that sounds um, like a good reward or treat for the end of your first year, which is, um, which has been pretty full on. So, congratulations on um, getting through your first year. I think we've got three more days to go, ish, about that. Um, oh, you're lucky I don't finish till end of next week. <laughs> oh, what? You, you you still going next week? Next Wednesday is our last day. Uh, well, you got ages to go then. <laughs> Look, I, I really want to thank you for, for coming along um, and having a chat with me about some of the stuff. I think, um, I mean, we've heard just how hard you're working and being your first year, I, I think it big ups to you for really putting yourself out there and um, setting your goals really high and working towards all of the stuff that you're doing. I, look, I still can't fathom how hard you're working. Um, I, I hope you find time for yourself. Um, I, I think you do, um, so that's really good. But um, you, you are, you are a bit of a role model for a lot of us out there, and we see you um, being active on Twitter and really um, embracing teaching and learning and being a learner yourself. Um, so I just want to give you a big pat on the back, and I'm stoked for you that you've made it through the first year, or almost made it through the first year, and um, looks like. You've enjoyed it and you're going to be hanging around for, for quite a bit longer. So um, congratulations and I really want to thank you for coming along to chat with me. No worries, it was, it was good. And it's a good reflection of myself as well, actually, thinking about these things. And, and uh, as you said, yeah, a big, big part of I've learned this year is that um, even though I'm a teacher, I'm a, also a, a learner, a big learner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. very, very important. Yeah. So enjoy your last week and enjoy the mountain in a couple of weeks. That'll be epic. Yeah, very keen. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Right, Georgia, thanks. <laughs>